yeah, this evening, um, I just felt this evening to continue from where Yaku was taking us regarding discipleship uh, and back to basics and where, we, where we've been. Um, and for me, oh, maybe I should start out like this. Where, where did we, what did we speak about last week? What did Yaku speak to us last week? Yo. Justif- what, who? Justin who? <laughs> Justification and sanctification. Now those are like super big words. Uh, and sometimes we speak things in church and we, we assume that people, that everybody knows these things. And, and I think really what we're doing is we're just trying to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we understand these things and that we understand this, this foundation of, of Christian knowledge and of, of Christian belief. Um, and justification, sanctification, or, or I know we spent a whole lot of time speaking about it last week, but in essence, it is really just God saying that he, is, he has justified us. In other words, he has made it just as if we had not sinned. Therefore, we are able to come into his presence, and we are able to worship him, just like we've done tonight. Because of justification, he can see us with as though we had not sinned, and therefore we can come into his presence, and therefore we can come and worship him like we did this evening. And that, that makes us priests, a, a royal priesthood of believers who are now able to enter into the courts, who are now able to enter into, into the inner sanctum and actually really able to worship and, and, to, and to worship him. Um, but as we spoke about a bit earlier as well, um, we, we worship him not just with our words, but we worship him with our actions as well. Uh, and sanctification is really... The walking out of this thing—it's—it's it's walking out the daily walking out of the um, of our of our of our Christian life, and actually be continuously being washed and cleansed, and continuously actually being transformed and to made be made into the image of Christ. And that's really what it is. So, I've condensed it very, very, very much. And if you guys would like some more info, we can always chat about it a bit more. But that's really what we spoke about last week. And for me. There's a couple of things now that, that kind of flows out of that. What are, the, what are, what are some of the, the topics we, we can chat about after that? Because now we know we've been justified if we believe in Christ and that is done through faith and there's nothing that we can do. What then do we do? And uh, one of the things, obviously, is becoming, becoming disciples. Uh, and I want to have a quick look at what that means. And then if we're disciples, what is one of the first things we need to do if we are a disciple, or at least from... Uh, from, from what I can read in Scripture. It's something that, that, is, um, that is quite central, and it is, it, it is something, yeah, something we'll chat about. For me, one of, the, one of the basic things is once you come into Christ and once, you be, once, you are, uh, once you've accepted Him, one of the first things that, that He asks us to do is to be baptized. And tonight I want to speak a little bit about baptism, but first I want to speak about what it means to be a disciple, and I know Yaku's spoken about that, and I'll chat a little bit about that, and then... Why is God asking us to be baptized, and what does that look like, and what does that mean? So let's put up Matthew twenty-eight sixteen to 20. Thank you, Ethan. Cool. Then the 11 disciples. There you go. Discipleship. So we already see discipleship in the Bible. Now, if we don't know what a disciple is, it's kind of difficult to explain that to you guys. So let's have a look at what a disciple is very briefly. And then the, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So interestingly, where do we find Jesus in this story? Jesus has gone up to the mountain to be with the Father. So he did not come up with this on his own. He first spent time with the Father, similar to the way Moses first prepared and then went up to the mountain to receive the law from the Father on the mountain. But Jesus went up to the mountain and he then came down and he had, yeah, and then he gave the, he gave the, the commandments. The next piece that I find quite interesting is he says that all authority has been given to him. All authority. So he's been given authority over everything that is on earth. Uh, and then he says, therefore, because all authority, therefore go and make disciples. So it's quite a, kind of interesting that there's an authority in this as well that has been given us, given to us through Jesus. And then he says, go and baptize them. So for me, and just after he says go and baptize them, he says, baptize them and teach them to obey everything. So it's almost... It's quite interesting that he first says, go and baptize them and to obey. So I really believe that the f one of the steps of obedience that we, that we should do is really to be baptized. Because it's a step of obedience. Because he asks us here to go and, be, and, go and baptize. Is that that or that? So I think that's something that really stands out for me in that passage. Then if we go have a look at eight, Acts 1 verses 8 to 11. So now <coughs> Jesus is speaking again, and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud that hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, Who? <coughs> Why do you stand here looking at the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him, him go into heaven. So, one of the, so the last thing that Jesus, yeah, the, so this is really Jesus saying to us, um, sorry, Ethan, can we go back to, to verse 8 again? And he says, you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. So we just read in the previous passage as well that we need to go to the ends of the earth. We need to go to all the nations and to proclaim this. And that's kind of what we were speaking about last night, actually, to our kids in the kids' church as well. But you will get power of the Spirit when this comes onto you. So this is not something that, again, it's not something that we can manage within ourselves. It's not something we can somehow get power within ourselves and go and do. But this is really something that is commissioned and, and it's an authority that God has given us to go and do this. Um, can we have a look at 1 Thessalonians? So I'll go a bit slower for those guys who are following with me as well. 1 Thessalonians 1 verses 7. And so you have become a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So again, here we see that we, we become disciples, but we need to be examples to others as well. We don't... We, we don't uh, we can become the disciples of Jesus, but we also become examples to others in, into, into the worlds in Macedonia and Achaia. So we are going into the world and we are being disciples and we are discipling people. Um, in Matthew 16, verse 8, we can go have a quick look at that. So this is really something that uh, how God is busy building his church. So let's have a look there what it says. And I tell you that you are Peter. 
and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, gates of Hades will not overcome it. So here we can see again, as we, we had a couple of words this, e this evening as well, to say um, that God is busy, build, busy building his church. Uh, and here we see that uh, God says he will build his church on Peter, on, not on Peter the person, but on the revelation of who Jesus is. And he says, not even the gates of hell will prevail. And if we have a look at Matthew 16, 24, verse 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet he forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So here we see, take up your cross, take up your cross and follow him. And then again in Matthew 28, verse 19, we see, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So these are the three things that I feel he's saying to us, that God builds his church, we need to take up our cross, and then we need to baptize people. So I'd like to ask you a question. Are you a disciple or are you a Christian? And what is the difference? What is the difference between a disciple and a Christian? I believe the difference here is a disciple A disciple is someone who takes up their cross. A disciple is someone who picks up their cross and says, in my life, in my life, uh, there is, I live my life through the death of Jesus, and I live through Christ. So because I've taken up my life, I've, I've put down my life, excuse me. I've put down my life. I, I take it up and I rise up in Christ again. So let's have a look at, the, at, at baptism itself then. What does baptism mean and, why, yeah, and what does that, that actually mean? So the word baptismo, is, sorry, the word baptism comes from the word baptismo, which literally means to dunk or submerge something completely underwater. It is not, it's not like some would believe it's just a small sprinkle or something like that, but the word is really to be taken under and completely submerged and completely wet under the water. I I've often say there's... God speaks in many ways, uh, but he often speaks in, uh, in kind of a poetry kind of word. And this, this the submerging when people get baptized, the submerging really represents that you're taking your own life in your hand and you're laying it down and you're going under the water. So you're, in a sense, busy dying and actually representing the death and actually going dying and being taken under the water. So you're laying your life down, in other words, for Christ and saying, Lord, I'm willingly laying my life down for you and as you submerge yourself as you go under the water you die your your your, your spirit uh, your, your old life dies and as you are raised up you are raised up in the life of christ you're raised up in the life that <clears throat> the, the the spiritual life that christ has now given you uh, just a personal testimony i had been I'd been saved for, for many years, and uh, I'd walked what I'd believed was a, was a good life, and I'd been doing things in my own strength, I guess. Um, been going to church and doing all the, all the things that, that people would normally do. And it took, it took someone to come to me and say to me, you need to be baptized. 
uh, it wasn't something that I, I, I kind of always felt no, oh, uh, that's you know that's old, you know that's old. I don't need to do that. That's not something for me. But it actually took somebody to come and speak into my life and say, you need to be baptized. And once I had taken up, and, and once they had spoken to me and they explained explained the life behind it and explained exactly what I'm telling you guys now is this life that you're actually actually saying that you need to go and lay your life down. And that it is actually a step of obedience, that it's not just something that we, we want, that we think is a good idea, but it's actually God asking us to go and do this. Sometimes we don't even understand all of it, and I don't think we always need to understand it, by the way. But once I had done that, and um, it, was, it was at a large church set up, <laughs> large church gathering, um, and um, they, have a, they had a little pool in the front there, and they had a video, and everyone was worshiping, and I, I had to go, and, uh, and I was, was submerged under, and I came up, and when you, I didn't, I didn't personally feel any diff, anything different in that very particular moment. But when I came out, people just kind of like rushed me, and people were praying for me, and um, and I think it was in that moment that I realized that something is different now, and not because the people were praying for me, but more more that that I could feel something different had happened to me, and that that there was a life changing event that had just happened, and I didn't realize exactly how much that would change me. I do believe it's something really fundamental that, that we should be doing. So I would just like to know, if there is anyone who hasn't been baptized, I would really, really urge you to, to seriously consider it. Go and study the scriptures. I've given a couple of scriptures for you tonight already. But if there's something that you feel that you should, if this is something that you should be doing, I, I really believe you should go and search the scriptures and find out for yourself. I believe just as we have been speaking about justification, this act of going down and, and dying is, is, in a sense, a public version of this, right? Not that we get justified again, but it's a public display of, of God actually making things right and, and taking us into, uh, into his body. Ethan, can we get Romans 6, verse 3 to 4 for us, please? So here we read, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that we, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. So there we see we die and we get new life in Christ. It's not our life that we somehow generate out of our own. In 1 Peter 3 verse 21 we read, And this water symbolizes baptism, baptism that now saves you, saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. So we are not, we are not necessarily being clean necessarily uh, from dirt or, or from, from natural things, but this is a spiritual burial that we are, that we are received, that we go through to, um, to really to save our lives. Again, as I've mentioned, there's three things uh, that we do when we get baptized. It's a public display, and what this public display says is, I'm turning away from my old life, and I'm becoming a new person. We also say we openly join the others who believe. So it's really a confession of our faith in front of, the, in front of people to say, I'm joining the faith. Maybe just to land this, and as, a, as a, a final thought, baptism doesn't save in itself. 
but if we read Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So again, I do want to just land and say that it's not the baptism that saves you, it's only grace that can save us. Although it is a step of obedience that we still need to follow. So the first thing that we do when we get baptized is we're saying we are turning away from our old life and we are beginning a new life. And we do the, and this is a public thing, so it's a public uh, so that's the second part, is it's actually a public thing that we do. It's not something that we necessarily do uh, out, of the, out of the public eye. So uh, if you see it, would no normally baptism would be done in a, in a river or somewhere open, not necessarily behind closed doors, if I can put it that way. And then once we, once we decide to be baptized, we, we openly say that we are joining this body of this community, this, this church that we spoke about a little bit earlier. So those are the three things. Cool. Thanks, guys. I think that is that is really it for me tonight. And um, yeah, let's yeah, let's just rise and then uh, we'll we'll finish this off. Thank you. Let's yeah, let's stand. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that you yeah, that you died, that we could that we could follow you in in your baptism, that we could lay our lives down for you, and in in a true sense become followers of you. I pray, Lord, that, um, that you would be with us as we go this week. I pray that you, would, um, that you would work in our hearts and that you would keep, keep, our, minds, uh, keep our minds on you. And as, yeah, as you say, keep our thoughts and, our, and that we just would, would meditate on all things good and that we wouldn't meditate on or think about those things that we shouldn't be doing. But rather meditate on you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you came to work through us. Now, I'd just like to ask if there is anyone who would like prayer for, for something, please come to the front and we'll pray for you this evening. There are some people here who would love to, to pray for you. Thank you. And if there is... If there is anyone who hasn't been baptized, please come and speak to me after the meeting. I would really love to speak to you and, uh, and, and see what we can do to, to baptize you. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you guys during the week in communities. Amen. Thank you.